0: Hello and welcome to episode 318 of the Spitballing Pod. I'm Luke Byron, joined as always by Tom Kennett, Jack Harper, and we have a returning Sean Shoot. Plenty to get into this week. We've got the fallout from the FA Cup third round, Graham Potter confirming he isn't a robot, and the NFL playoffs. How are we doing today?
1: One week, you're going to ask me that question, I'm going to reply, yeah, really well, mate, you?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Wait. You don't? You don't want to let football dictate your mood.
1: <laughs> Too late for that.
0: Easily said um, when you're in the position I'm in as exactly. well. For now. Um, news of the week, we will get straight into that because we have plenty to get into afterwards and uh, some big things about happening this week and I'll take you straight through it. woman tries to bring emotional support boa constrictor onto plane in Tampa. Fuck off.
2: (laughs) Florida again.
1: Yeah, A boa constrictor support animal. That's that's a new one.
3: We don't look past the headlines, do we?
0: No. Wells Fargo sacks top banking executive for urinating on plane passenger. (laughs) (laughs) A joke that is, when you work, get involved in your personal life. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Imagine that's the same plane Father of 102 children From 12 wives Quits family expansion Due to inflation
1: It's hitting everyone hard yeah. Poor guy Yeah.
0: Former Colorado funeral homeowner Sentenced to 20 years For selling body parts
1: It's the thing I guess like, Unless it's an open casket You could get away with that Quite easily No one's going to check. No one's going to inspect. You're
0: thinking about some extra cash Yeah, we're back to inflation again, aren't we? Look, mine's got to make a living. Prisoner fighting extradition. Bullied by cellmates singing Big Jet Plane by Angus and Julia Stone repeatedly. (laughs) (laughs) Tokyo is so crowded the government is paying families to leave. Nice. Reminds me of my first day at sick form. Second day at sick form when because I was the newest, they removed me from my tutor group, saying that they were too full.
2: (laughs) But they didn't pay you. Really
0: nice nice way to settle me in. Crucial
2: difference, they didn't pay you.
0: Exactly. Nature to be prescribed to GP patients in Derbyshire. Nature, did you say? Yeah, I did did see this on Twitter. Someone said, imagine your life's going so badly, the GP just prescribes you to touch grass. (laughs) (laughs) Although, I mean, I don't want to speak for everyone. Things maybe aren't too bad if it's as easily prescribed as go outside.
2: Yeah, you say, are they telling them to go to nature or are they telling them to fuck off? It's like, get out of
0: this doctor,
3: get out of GP surgery now. GP's mugging the living now, isn't it?
0: The new GP equivalent of, have you tried turning it off and on again? Have you tried going outside? (laughs) Drink more water. Now, unfortunately, Jack, that is the news over. (laughs) It has been a rough seven days for Chelsea and Graham Potter. It's never a good time to face Man City, and there's probably never a good time to play them back-to-back. But if there ever was a bad time, (laughs) this was probably it for Chelsea. I'm not sure Jack wants to see Chelsea in that valiant effort phase, but that's what we got on Monday night. And then we got both Thomas Tuchel and Roman Abramovich chance (laughs) after they fell behind 3-0 inside 38 minutes. Jack, a nice little exercise I thought for us to get started mm. before we get onto the manager um, to see how you really feel about a squad that's had three hundred and fifty million investment in the last four months. I'm going to reel through the squad here for you, and I need you to quite simply tell me if you would keep or sell. No explanations. <coughs> yeah, just quick fire. Keep. Sell. Go for it. Kepper. Keep. Mendy. Sell.
1: Slonina. Slonina. Yep. Um, keep. I've never seen him play, so I don't really know.
0: Buddy Ashile. Keep. Thiago Silva. Keep. Trevor Chalabur. Keep. Ben Chilwell. Keep. Reese James. Keep. Kula Barley. Sell. Azpilicueta. <laughs> Sell. Cucurella.
1: Sell. This is just to get players as well, by the way. Just- <laughs> Say that again. Fafana. Oh, keep. Jorginho. Sell twice over. <laughs> Kante. Keep. Kovacic. Keep.
0: Loftus Cheek. Sell. Mason Mount. Keep. Dennis Zakaria. I'd actually keep him. Conor Gallagher. Keep. I'm going to butcher this one. Connie Chukwemeka. Chukwomenka. Keep. i oh, thought this. There's no N I can see in his name. Uh, Abamiang. Sell. Obama who? <laughs> Pulisic. Sell. Sterling. Sell. Broger. Keep. Ziyech. Sell. Fafana. I don't know enough. Probably keep. Havertz. Sell. Okay. So, I mean, there's enough in there that you'd keep. I'm just making sure you didn't hate the complete squad. No,
1: no, I don't. I, I, the problem with our squad is that it's just so lightweight. And don't forget, we've got nine injuries. I mean sound like a broken record from last year. How can we? But, like, we, we're we being forced to feel, like that team yesterday, it just was shit. It was rubbish. I didn't expect anything going into it. And when we went 3-0, I didn't feel anything, which is probably a, a sad indictment of where we where we are at the moment, but, I
2: guess the point is the money spent was supposed to allow for injuries, I guess, and it definitely hasn't allowed for it to score. No, as you said, sin.
1: Exactly. Like the the amount of money that we spent, a lot of these players have been injured themselves. Um, yeah, it's just been an absolute nightmarish. We are Reese James FC. If he doesn't play, we don't win. <laughs> it's simple as that.
0: If if you let me cook for just one second, because the big thing we're seeing when it comes to Chelsea is that all pundits are making this really lazy comparison for Potter, and they're pointing to Arteta at Arsenal and saying, essentially, you shouldn't sack a rubbish manager on the off chance they turn out to be a good one. And I'm not saying Potter is a rubbish manager, just that the point is far more complex than many journalists would now have you believe. Like Nobody believes that if Moyes, Jose, Oli, Rangnick were given more time at United, then they're pulling themselves out of that slump.
1: Yeah, no, I I, I, the, I agree.
0: The, the money is inescapable. When Arteta took over, we signed Cedric and Pablo Mari in his first window. Graham Potter joined after Chelsea had just spent 282 million euros. And in his first window, you spent 62 million in five days, with a further 85 million being rejected and two additional deals being discussed. Now, Chelsea were named as being on a financial fair play watch list at the end of last season. So you're either incredibly confident in your financial standing or you're just buying anything off the rails now before some sanctions are imposed. And as the investment continues, it continues to pull this cover away from Graham Potter, and he's going to have some very vocal detractors, you being one of them. If someone was to draw a graph and we could see the curve and the correlation between money spent and time given, I'm quite confident in saying the more you spend, the less time you're going to get. Yeah, Arteta did take over from a manager that every single fan despised. And Potter, as you've said, has taken over from a manager that seemed to be collectively adored. Arteta also had the benefit of his worst period being away from packed stadiums. He had the benefit of a sporting director behind him where if Arteta failed, then so did he. So that bought him more time. And the owners were very hands-off. Potter literally has the opposite in every single sense. I don't see your Saka. I don't see your Smith-Rowe. I don't see these young players that you can get behind and can galvanise your fan base. And I just wondered, how far away from we, from the point in which Todd Bowley disposes of the manager to save his own image and Chelsea just revert to type?
1: I think a lot to unpack there and a lot of questions to answer. I think, first and foremost, the injury is now, it's impassable. No, I don't think any other manager right now in this moment it's going to do much more against Man City. It's it's the lower league team, it's the lower teams in the division that we need to be worried about. I don't see Potter doing the best with wow. what he has in front of him, which is the issue. And you're right. The more that we spend, the more of a farce it becomes. Like I said to you last week, I almost want us to just stop spending because then <laughs> we're just getting. You spent six hundred million in the season to be to be tenth, and that's you can't argue with that. Even if it, half of them are injured. Oh.
0: I don't know if you've seen that you've agreed a deal for Yao Felix today. I
1: have, just seen it, yeah. Um, <laughs> but what, like, the one thing that we don't need right now is probably like a lightweight player that doesn't really know where his position no one, no, no fixed position I should say. We've got two of those already with Nkuku and Havertz. Havertz. Plus as well we're, we're, there's no option to buy, so what the fuck have we got him for? How much do you think Potter's length of time
0: he stays at Chelsea is going to be determined by the new ownership not wanting to look like the old ownership?
1: I don't think, from Todd Burley, I don't think he cares what anyone thinks about him because you don't get to where you're being... Wait, wait, you don't get to that level of status and richness without, with, with caring that much. I don't think he has much to worry about there. I think the reason why Potter will outlast, say, other Chelsea managers that haven't, or Thomas Tuckle in one instance, is because he's a yes man. I've, I've said it before. He seems to be their guy. They, they're quite comfortable with having him in the dugout because he's never going to come out and speak out against them. And, that's what will kind of prolong his stay in that, in the Chelsea manager position. You text
0: me right after we finished last week saying that you would take Frank back at this point.
1: Yes. Um, hundred <laughs> yeah, percent.
0: that is so, mental. Ra- but
1: I'd rather be going through this phase with Frank than with someone else. And, and I'll tell you for why, because <laughs> you wouldn't, you wouldn't get the same toxicity from, from the crowd. You wouldn't, you wouldn't get any of that. And, it's a horrible place to be at the moment at Stamford Bridge. I have to tell you it is awful. Got my got into the virtual weight room today and bought tickets for the next two fixtures. And I'm like why have I done this? I have no idea why I put, I'm going to put myself through watching what I'm watching. And then the crowd is just awful. It's so bad at the moment. It's so quiet and when it's not quiet it's not good. It's just it's the worst I've heard Stamford Bridge in years. Is it how, how many Go on, Sean. I was gonna say that
3: you've kinda of gone on to my experience. I was gonna say, like is, do you genuinely think it's like the worst from a fan experience element, it's like the worst you've seen yeah. it?
1: Hundred percent. Worse than sorry? Because, um Yeah, I would say so. Mainly because like we we're still in fifth fourth and we we're playing decent football at the start of Sarah's reign and we ended up winning a trophy. We're tenth and we're like, we are fucked right now. We've,
2: got, <laughs>
1: we've we've got nine outfield players injured. Um in the pretty much all starters who are injured and which means that not only the second string being called on in games are being called on week in week out. So there doesn't look like there's going to be any kind of reprieve of how we get ourselves out of this until everyone is fit. And then even then it's how long have we got them for? Because Rhys James, Christian Pulisic, Kante, the others, you never know how long they're going to last. You just know they're a ticking time bond. As soon as they go down, you're like, well, it's another fucking month just throwing them onto the fire because for some reason, I don't know what are our medical staff's doing. This reminds me of Arsenal under Wenger, where you just get injuries after and time and time again, which should completely derail your season. And the last two seasons have been exactly like that. So we need to look inward and be, well, what are the medical staff doing here? Because no one else we seems to be that. having the then- same amount of issues apart from maybe Liverpool.
0: Well, we did that, and then Liverpool came and poached our entire physiotherapy and sports science department. <laughs> and now, <laughs> I mean, I don't want to say Liverpool have as many injuries, but not they certainly are not doing brilliantly.
2: Genius move, isn't it? Well,
0: You, you said about the, the injuries. So we've got injuries to Sterling, Pulisic, Mason Mount, Kante, Mendy, Broger, Chilwell, James and Fafana. Well, that was... As of the last game, just after the last game against Man City, so I think Mount returned yesterday. Yeah. It's it, it. how many of your fans, if you were to give a percentage, were prepared to give Graham Potter
1: a chance? Um, I'd probably say about seventy-five percent. Like it, the general consensus was, we loved Tommy Tuckle, but then. We need to get Bill on the new manager. And to be fair to to Graham Potter, the results weren't too bad to start with when he did have a fuller squad. He gets consistently judged for that Zagreb game, which was a complete dead rubber that meant nothing from our standing in the group. And played a full-strength team. We lost Chilwell after losing James the game before. That was just poor, naive management because it just feels like he wanted to get a win under his under the belt. Whereas you look at—I know it was that more maybe born out of necessity that we played the team that we did yesterday but if you played that team against Zagreb and we could still have our chill well oh, we've, we've
2: all really due respect though. we want to give the manager a chance we're going to get behind him until the first thing goes wrong <laughs> <laughs> that's the rough translation there
1: yeah one win in eight games isn't really the first thing that's gone wrong no, no that's but come problem. on
2: Jack the tide turned pretty quick there were, I think people were looking across side eye and they were all are we sure about this guy very quickly? Which, by the I, way, uh, is, I kind of get it, but I do think there's this kind of facade that, well, we were willing to give him time. So I'm not sure he was ever going to get time. He had to hit the ground running. Mm, I just it, think that's that club. I think that is your club, is that
1: it, go- you can't
2: yeah. have a project. It's not a project club.
1: No, it's not. And I guess we've been trained as supporters to really... And it's worked expect, every time, so why, yeah. why, would you,
2: why would you think differently, I guess?
1: Well, this is the thing, right? So when People go, oh, Chelsea got another new manager. And then when they go and lift on either the Premier League or the Champions League in the summer, it usually that's the proven theory. like, but the, I guess the problem now, I was thinking about it the other day. We're not awash in the world now with superstar managers as we once were no. back in the 2010 man, like you could sack Ancelotti and then go in, try and get Simeone or Jose back or whatever. Um, and there was always th- that pedigree, whereas now it just seems like. Papping clock and then whoever manages Real Madrid kind of yeah. the, the team does the job for them and then I, d- I don't know can you really name another superstar manager in the world
0: yes I can
1: quite easily of course you could who's that then he's top of the Premier League fuck off <laughs> <laughs> Oh,
0: um, okay alright well, are you calling someone a superstar
1: thing? manager because they've had a good 12-18 games I raised you, Brendan raise Rodgers.
0: <laughs> no, I would say uh, Zidane is out there as well. Get um, Louis Enrique, in, surely. Louis well, Enrique this, this is the is, one for th- me.
1: This 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 is exactly right. So I think we're much more used. We trust the process a lot more if we'd known that we've got a better idea of what the outcome may be. I've said this last week, but whether it's Zidane or Louis Enrique, you're going to give him a bit more time. Whereas Potter just looks out of his depth. It just looks awful. The, the substitutions, the lack of.
2: He looks tactics. like he's questioning himself now as well.
1: Yeah, exactly. The tactics. My fucking God. <laughs> like if, if we didn't create anything under Tuchel, I, I'm sorry for complaining back then because we just look completely inept when we get the ball in the midfield. That's partly down to the players as well, but it, that's up to the manager to coach situations And it just, I don't even look up at the telly now from my phone at the moment when we get the ball because we ain't fucking scoring. We haven't, I can't be the last time we scored a goal that wasn't a flute, which that Forest one was. We haven't won a game since October 15th.
0: This, this is like those clips of a spoilt kid at Christmas that he used to come out every year of a kid complaining that he didn't get every single thing on his wish list.
1: I'm asking for 3 points. You're not <laughs> in the not trenches
0: here. He's asking That's for a goal. A
1: I'm asking for a goal. <laughs>
0: three, I and think one some, set of three points. Something I think that we touched on at the time, things weren't as rosy as some Chelsea fans would now like to paint with Thomas Tuchel at the time.
1: No, but we trusted him. He won the Champions League with us and got us to six major finals in his first 18 months. That's someone you trust. That's someone you trust. We, we've done
0: that final thing before, though, haven't we?
1: What final thing before?
0: Because there's a reason you say you got to those finals. There's a reason you don't say we won XYZ. Because yeah, it turned months. out
1: we were playing one of the best teams in Premier League history at the time. It twice in the final lost on penalties both times, which is a complete lottery. I, he still got us to those finals. And if all intents and purposes, we won the Carabao one because that was clearly onside, which I'm still not by- bitter about at all.
0: So, last thing on, on on Potter, I think we saw two very different performances against Man City. Yeah. One in which I think can entirely be blamed on match fixing <laughs> because there is no way that Kepa, he does. There's a replay of him doing it just before by the way where he's, he's going to get the ball and he pulls his hands back.
1: Yeah, he's dived the wrong the wrong way essentially he's what he's trying to do there is trying to anticipate a touch coming in when there's actually no one in the area apart from at the back post so what you do is when the ball comes across you just spread yourself across the goal um and he's dived backwards instead of forwards to get the ball and he's made an error of judgment it's a mistake and that's what he's done Mm. you
0: call it a mistake i'll call it a criminal investigation pending
1: (laughs) It's fine. It's
2: fine. That that game's nothing to do with you, is it? You're not in a title race. It's not your concern. They're competing with us for top four. It's a very complicated race this year. <laughs> you want Chelsea out of it? That was them done. You're probably still worrying about them getting it. So worried about Spurs.
0: the The second game, I guess, is to be a concern, and I'm always hesitant because I would see this with Arsenal teams sometimes when we were playing Man City, and. Gary Neville would give you a soundbite and he would say, look, you can accept losing at this level, but you can't accept not trying. There's ways and to lose. he would look at the personnel on the pitch and it would be like, they might just be shit. It might not be that they aren't trying. It may just be the difference in class here. At 38 minutes in the game, there were accusations of Chelsea not trying, both on commentary and both on the timeline. And I don't know if that's how you read it, if players are downing tools already, um, if players are just defeated before they go into the game.
1: So the only difference between that and Monday night was that we actually had something to play for in the second half, um, which probably upped our energy levels. I felt like Frank Lampard a little bit, where it's kind of set piece goal, flute goal, good goal, do goal, <laughs> set piece goal again. And I think with that, I mean you get two penalties. Oh, I've forgotten that. That's so good. Yeah. Yeah you get, you get two like absolute moments of like brilliance with that team goal for Foden and the free kick from Mars, and you get two pens given against you we're just not good enough the problem is I've said this how many I don't know how many times if we don't get the first goal we lose the game because we don't even back ourselves to score a goal let alone a supporter thinking we might get back in this we can't score for shit Um so as soon as that first goal goes in you might as well just give up because he, look at Forrest we didn't even have a shot on target in the second half <laughs> so That first goal is just so important. And the reason why Monday night was so much better was because it was nil-nil for so long. We thought we had something to go after. Whereas if you go in at half-time and you haven't scored, you've scored one goal in five games or whatever it is, stupid amount for us now, you're going to sit there and think, "Well, fucking, what's the point? Damage limitation, let's just sit back.
2: You're looking around the dressing room, you're seeing Havertz in the corner looking like a, I don't know, like an emo, (laughs) crying himself in the corner.
1: It reminds me of the tall goth kid from the South Park where he flips his hair. <laughs> should should we read anything to a
0: not even being in the squad yesterday?
1: Oh fuck him straight off. Like put him out to pass just shoot him in the head and <laughs> melt him down the I
0: maybe didn't appreciate how you felt watching us with some of these players. And so if we could just give you a couple more just to even things out, because this really is incredible to see <laughs> that clip of him in his back garden in the orange Chelsea shirts and I told you about his idiot brother shouting fofty I don't even know what it means but just shouting this nonsense
1: it was definitely it's a Thomas Tuchel sign and um, to be fair like Bamiang's sh- been shit don't get
0: me wrong it was a, it was a Tuchel sign but, in while yeah. they knew they were going to sack him the next day <laughs> it's,
1: but it's, it's the service in the trance creation like we create so little and I'd judge him more if he was missing big chances but we're not even getting chances. I can quite easily go through a game and not see us open up a team yeah. once. Now it's, he said that it's it was so a,
0: it was a, Arteta was the reason that uh, he'd missed 17 big chances in about five games. Well, did this... did, you, did you read the story of him being introduced to Zakaria and not knowing who he was?
1: No, I haven't,
0: no. So the day before he sacked, obviously, when Bowley is essentially doing the business, we know now, Zakaria signs. he brings him into the office on deadline day, and Thomas Tuchel is looking at him and he has no clue who it is. <laughs> and they say there's this awkward moment where everyone can quite clearly understand what's happening here. Eventually, it does twig in his head that he recognizes who it is. But... When this whole thing we were hearing across the summer was that there was some coordination between director and manager, which we now know wasn't the case. That obviously outlines it as clear as can be.
1: Yeah, it does.
0: Took him a while, but he he does look like one of your better players. In fairness, um,
1: yeah, he he's been instrumental in actually not looking completely Sunday League. He he's. Well, Amari Hutchinson doesn't moments. look good,
0: does he? Amari Hutchinson.
1: Oh, and you take good reddish in that. You can't judge him on two games against Manchester. He's built like
0: a winger from standardly age.
1: He is built really small. I didn't think he was that small. I was like, fuck me. Whereas Chukmenko looks decent.
0: Yeah, he d- he does look very
1: good. So a midfielder, Chukmenko, Zakaria, and then fucking just pray and just do some sort of voodoo shit to get Kante back. And hopefully that's something. But again, that doesn't do anything for our creativity. So who am I fucking talking about? Well...
0: If we move on, TK, we are another week forward. We've seen Cody Gakpo's debut. We've seen your defence in their first game since Van Dyke's latest injury. And we've seen Darwin rolling in off his shin into the far corner and celebrate like we didn't notice. We've spoken about Liverpool a lot in the last few weeks, and that's never a good sign on this podcast. (laughs) Uh, I wanted to ask you, quite candidly, other than everyone else listening... (laughs) Just how worried are you about the direction Liverpool are heading in under Klopp in this current moment?
2: Am I like stuck in Groundhog Day? So where we've got, I'm being asked these questions about Liverpool. Jack's ranting about Chelsea. You're pretty happy with yourself.
0: (laughs) Well, I mean, I self-inflicted. Admittedly, I did do this same dance for
2: probably the last three years. It was good for uh, it was good for numbers as well. So,
0: and look, I've no doubt we may end up in that same situation again which will make uh, things hurt that a little bit more. But no, I don't think I've asked you quite blatantly, no. are you worried about the direction you're
2: trending? Yeah. I Looking at a lot line. I don't seem quite as worried as everyone else, but maybe I've subconsciously almost wrote this season off already because we do look just a shambles, don't we? I, I said from the jump how physically they just don't look at it. And I don't see how you can ever recover that during a season. Um, and nothing's really changed my mind about that. You have the occasional glimpse in some of these games, but there's never a sustained period. Even that little run where we got some wins, the performances weren't really there. We were just getting away with it. Leicester obviously being the perfect example of that. And and against Wolves, again, we're lucky to still be in the cup, aren't we? You, you're getting away with it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and eventually you get out like that It's all probably going to hinge on if they, they do get back in to get more than one midfielder, they're not just going to need one midfielder; they're going to need these two. Um, it's going to depend on if they do that or not, isn't it?
0: Yeah, because s- since the season began, I've kind of just been waiting for you to click. And every time you get a win, regardless of the circumstance, I tell myself that's you sorted. But if if I repeated that things weren't sustainable for Spurs, then I think we do need to apply that to Liverpool too. like In games against Leicester, Villa, Brentford and Wolves now, You've been far from convincing. You get a result out of Leicester and Villa. But is it unfair to blame this all on the midfield? Did we perhaps underestimate the loss of Mane? Is it just a collective? There's something in players that maybe aren't at the level you'd like them to be. When you have the clear goal and you're chasing Man City down and you know that standards can't drop below a certain level, is that the difference that maybe your foot's just come off the gas a bit as some of these players are showing themselves to what they truly are? It's hard to pin it all on any
2: one thing, but I don't know how you look at it. Yeah, it's, I guess you kind of answered it there though, in, in what you said there, isn't it? There's It is a collection of, the midfield obviously is a mess. Um, defensively, we haven't been at it. I don't think anyone's been at it. It's been definitely Van Dyke's worst period since he's been at the club. Yeah, um, I think Trent's picked up the last few games actually. Defensively, it looks like he's really applied a lot of focus to that. But he wasn't at the start of the year. The the place next to Van Dijk has been almost rotating and then not fully convinced him when they have either Matip or Kanae, definitely not Joe Gomez. Um, <laughs> Robinson's had some injuries which he hasn't had previously. And then, as ever, things seem like they're going okay and Alisson decides he's going to join in and have a wobbly, obviously, against <laughs> Walsh. Yeah, have a carriers. So it's, yeah, and you are right about people don't really seem to because of our other issues talk about the money thing. I think that was always going to be difficult um, in terms of his contributions, goals wise. But also, if we're a team that's renowned for pressing from the front, and one sort of part of that is gone, I think it is then hard to just throw someone else in and expect them to do it. <coughs> with um, yeah. obviously Diaz and Jot are also going down with injuries. That's also partly probably played a part in that as well.
0: I guess the good thing with Alisson is that if he is going to have a bad game, he does tend to get it all out of his system in one game.
2: He really does go all in, doesn't he? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Usually just not in a game you'd like it to be. Man City, a couple of seasons Mm. back, was uh, one of the highlights. You can't mention Liverpool signing a midfielder without someone mentioning him (laughs) in Bellingham. But say Liverpool had 120 million. I, I don't think you do, but say you did have 120
2: million spend on midfielders. Do you not think you need several? Like, one player isn't solving this. No, it's true. We need more energy in there as well. And one man obviously isn't going to be able to do that on his own. But Ever can you since get to 60 million pound midfielders is, is, is also another question.
0: I think Caicedo is so perfect for you. Yeah,
2: agreed. But kind of, uh, how much can they command for him? Because you know they're not doing bad, and everybody knows how good he is. So
0: we've seen them. a Liverpool source said today that
2: <laughs> you might have
0: to pinch yourself here. They believe he's going to go end up at Chelsea. Um, <laughs> Seventy million is the fee that we're hearing.
2: Yeah, I think the club will bulk at that. I think they will. Which whether they should or not is a different story. But I think they would. I think they'd be I think, nervous. I think
0: with midfielders, and the reason I said the same about Enzo Fernandez is that. There may not be a player on the same level as Bellingham that's attainable, but I also don't think there isn't enough out there to make it worth the money. And As I said with Enzo, I don't think you can ever truly justify your worth as a 120 million midfielder unless you're going to be like Frank and you're going to be banging in the goals. So we can quite clearly point at you and say, look, he is proving he's worth it. Hmm. I think there's enough out there, and not all of these fit your system, but you can probably get two of Caicedo, McAllister, Declan Rice, a couple of these types who are maybe just below that, that would have such a bigger impact on your midfield, just getting two of them. Because what you say, Fabinho, this is this is his average now. You put Bellingham in there alongside Henderson and Fabinho, what's changing? It definitely gets
2: better, but yeah, but you are you are right. That's obviously not to where you want to be. No, no, and you, you, you can only assume Fabinho and Hendo are going to get worse, is the thing. Everything's yeah. bad, but you can, they're only going to age, aren't they? They're not going to get more athletic.
0: Now, the 11th of July, I sent you this this morning. Jurgen Klopp on his midfield options <laughs> said Fabinho, Henderson, Thiago, Milner, Cater, Curtis Jones, Harvey Elliott, Cavalier, Oxley, Chamberlain. Now you tell me what kind of player we're missing. (laughs) Now you said he's since corrected himself there. But it's something I have asked you about before. Do you think Klopp puts enough pressure on the people above him? I understand you maybe... We saw on The Apprentice last week, didn't we? When they're telling him to go and ask the bloke for a 35% commission. (laughs) And they're like, what's the point in asking? He's never going to accept that. I don't know if for Klopp, he feels like, well, they're never going to accept it. What's the point? But you see with, say, Arteta and I'll keep saying it for as long as it sounds good. We are top of the league at the moment. And he's making points and saying, this squad isn't good enough. We need more. Don't ask me about it. Ask anyone on the board. And he's done that since we joined, regardless of what position we're
2: in. Do you expect more of that from Klopp, or ultimately is that not going to change a thing? Most managers do do that as well, don't they, when you look at it. They always are sort of giving a hint that we need more or whatever, and Klopp's never really been one for doing that, which is strange. Um, Yeah, he probably does. He probably does need to manage up better than he does um, and put pressure on and let's face it very few managers have got the clout that he's got so that he can throw his weight around Um, I think there's a real argument that he should have done in the summer obviously we could end up in a similar spot two summers in a row where we go all in for a certain midfielder and don't get him obviously Chua again as you've just said about Bellingham it's not like it's him or Bust you could have found something else and you're not just picking up dross you could still get someone good um i will admit in the summer i thought we do need to get someone in but i didn't think the side effects of not doing it would be this bad i will admit
0: yeah because i'm a hypocrite as well because i criticize Conte for doing the same thing in that that you know what you signed up for whinging now isn't going to change a thing
2: depends how much you push the envelope isn't it
0: yeah, and Klopp, obviously, as far as we're aware, is going to be here for the foreseeable. So that is a difference I'd make in that he maybe does have the right to be asking for a bit more. And if he's showing the commitment, he'd ask
2: the same. The, the um, other thing is, this is something that, in a way, and we've spoke about it on the pod before, Sort of the, we, I guess we kind of preempted that one day this day would come, but I kind of felt it would probably be post-Klopp, maybe not during Klopp's time. But these owners see how we've been operating this time and it's brought success. So why are they going to think we should change that? They're going to think, well, you know, the way we've operated so far has worked. Why are we just going to go spend crazy amounts of money and you don't have to sell anyone, by the way, Jürgen, you can keep the squad and we're just going to throw you 200 million. They're going to say, that's not going to happen. Look what you can do. And in truth, this is probably more of an aberration rather than a model that can be followed and winning a lot of things because... Ultimately, there's only so long you can kind of keep hitting home runs on these trances. Yeah,
0: Maybe it is a bit like a lot of things at Liverpool, and this does just work in a cycle. and um, <laughs> Things are going to come back around and they think, look, there isn't enough money that we can pump into this side right now that's going to turn them into the team that we want them to be. And it's going to take a few years to do the complete re-churning of things again to get us back. But... Maybe they just don't care. They're trying to sell you, and it's why would we spend more money now or we're trying to sell the club?
2: Well, that's the other thing, isn't it? If they if they haven't spent crazy sums of money previously, why are they going to do it if they are looking to sell? They're not going to do it, are they?
0: No. There's someone on Twitter telling me that, look, they'd be strengthening uh, the value of the asset. I'm not sure adding Bellingham is going to add uh, as much money onto the price of Liverpool as some Liverpool fans maybe think.
2: Well, it'll add value, but will it add value that's to the tune of hundred grand, hundred million yeah. plus whatever he's worth? <laughs> Probably not. No.
0: Um, a couple of other bits on the FA Cup. So Newcastle went out and Villa went out, and both those teams rotated their sides. Newcastle tried to change it, but it was a bit too late. Well, I mean, we have the same conversation every year, but. Disrespecting the cup, can can Newcastle and Villa afford to be treating the FA Cup like this?
3: Newcastle more than Villa,
0: probably. With Newcastle at the same time, they're not playing for another week.
1: I know mean, well,
3: the fact that they're not in the fact that they're not in Europe is because I was wondering, well, i would I put a bet on them to win the Carabao Cup, but now I'm thinking like they're going to rotate in that as well. Um, so yeah, it probably does go under disrespect the cup, but. I guess Newcastle may have a little bit more because are squad describe.
0: of season <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think they, they've just got Unai Emery. I repeat. Yeah, I, <laughs> I thought their subs, Newcastle did point to they are going to take the Carabao Cup more seriously, but I, I don't really see why they can't do both. Yeah. Um, I understand the squad's thin, but I think you spoke about this before, TK. Is there can be rotation without it being a full rotation? Like you can just mm. rotate a couple in and maybe some play the first half, some play the second half. I've just seen our team for the Oxford game and I don't like that I'm seeing Saka and Martinelli in there ahead of a North London derby. But <laughs> look, you can't disrespect the cup.
2: That is respecting the cup.
0: With, with us, I would point to if we were going to compare to a Liverpool title charge it's our squad would point to us being far closer to the first time round that you win it than when you're competing on all four fronts in terms of rotation and things we're in the third round here should Arsenal be bombing off the cups
2: now that is a good example of against Oxford I think you can afford to rotate pretty well and get away with it, I don't think you have the necessary bomb off. Even with us though, even when we end up fighting on all. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Those, those Klopp League Cup selections were hilarious every time. I remember you beating us with one of them when he was actively trying to lose and it was just one of the best games ever. Um, Yeah, I understand what you mean. I think we're all we're all aware. The FA, they're going to do their thing here, aren't they? They want that Spurs United final you might <laughs> get them back, or Harry Kane gets his first trophy.
3: They they waited all the way till now, though. If, all the years Kane's gone without trophy. Yeah, but I mean, now we've got some. There is some excited.
0: sympathy for Harry Kane now, isn't there? Some of the puff pieces I saw after a goal against Portsmouth, <laughs> for Gary Neville. You would not believe some of the things I saw, <laughs> and look, when I saw. Them digging out that ball for Arsenal to play against City. They were waiting for it to heat up.
3: Oh, you've you've already decided you'd be Oxford, have you?
0: Well, they were doing the draw for Arsenal to play City. Okay. They were hovering around there a little too long. The camera underneath, I saw them. They must have had an eyepiece somewhere because he was looking for that sixteen. <laughs> and I knew what was happening. The only other question I had was whether they drew it against Stoke for old times' sake, but.
3: What do you think let, I'm let's say Arsenal? Yeah. I was gonna say let's say Arsenal uh beat Oxford and then let's say the, the title race is still as it is now, or maybe it's a bit closer. Do you think both teams will go strong? Or do you reckon both could potentially rotate as in City play and Arsenal?
0: I don't think we would. I do think Pep would. The only reason I can think both would is and maybe I'm overthinking it. If Clot, if not, if Pep does genuinely believe that it's going to be us two fighting to the end, and I do hesitate to whether he does really believe that, sometimes maybe I think you do a change so even just internally you have an excuse, like we rotated, they didn't beat our best team, if you're trying to do it psychologically, but I guess it depends where the fixture is because I think it comes in the middle of the two European ties. I can't remember who City drew. I don't remember it being anyone difficult. Maybe it was. Did they get Real? Ma- no, Liverpool got Real Madrid. I can't remember who they've got.
3: I can't remember. No, they got a gas draw um, again, didn't
0: they? Yeah, and we. Are, I don't know who we're going to get in the Europa. Maybe that determines it as to whether we, whether we prioritise either one. Well, I don't know. I think maybe there's too much pride between the two of them to allow it to be that way. Arteta more so, because he's constantly got to prove, hasn't he, that
1: mm-hmm.
0: I'm not Pep's number two. I'm i I'm your man. The North London derby, Sean, this Sunday, unfortunately. Coming into this one, how are you feeling?
3: <laughs> I mean, I think you never feel great ahead of it. Um, this one, especially, with injuries i know you're gonna say they'll be back and i know they've said that they might be back but still injuries aren't great um but normally every year it's we have these discussions but if the games at the emirates after win if the games are tottenham stadium then tottenham win but this obviously you does told feel- me
0: exactly last year i don't know why you're even bothered we all know
3: how it's going to go <laughs> yeah exactly Now it did go that way <laughs> there you go <laughs> So this, so I think it's to say, I mean, I I, I am worried because um, obviously there was a little bit of hope maybe when uh, Jesus got injured, but I mean, the team still operate in the same way, really. So, it, and we've been awful outside of that Palace game and Palace were obviously dreadful. Um, we've not played well at all. If, if well, let me put it this way. If Kuliseski and Benzikor are both playing and I'll say Romero is there as well, then, then yeah, then I'll have a bit of hope. But, especially if Kulishevsky's not playing I don't think we've got a chance
0: I mean you've got Sun back among the goals Kulishevsky, Benton Kerr, all returning according to Conte Kane is firing he's one goal off the Spurs
3: <laughs> record it's all set up for a late penalty isn't it? <laughs> probably yeah but but then is it set up for him to miss it as well?
0: Oh, don't tease me Sean because <laughs> I had to enjoy the Aubameyang one <laughs> Is it a disaster for Arsenal to not win here?
3: No, I don't think it's a disaster. I don't think it... Well, even if you draw, it's not a disaster. Losing, would I even say it's a disaster for losing? It's not a disaster, it's a blow. I but guess I then we're relying disaster.
0: on you to not roll over for City a week
3: later. Well, yeah, the ideal situation is we beat Arsenal and then lose to City. <laughs> wow. Wow. Nice. Nice. <laughs> That is the ideal. It's a horrible choice, to Because we play. I know we, you'd be just, thinking we, we... the same. Like, come on. No,
2: I. I'd want us to. I'd want. No, us to win you wouldn't. Spurs <laughs> were, a, we're at top of the league, you'd be saying you'd be bending over for City. Saying have a bit of that. <laughs> I wouldn't believe they're in a title race.
3: Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, fair, fair. Well, you're not in one either, are you? I suppose. No, exactly. That's from what you, I mean from what you've said. So yeah. in the
0: same situations, I, I did see Son getting asked what his thoughts were on Arsenal being at top of the league. Not I, interested. Not interested in the top of the league, apparently. Explains but, a lot. I told you that. <laughs> <laughs>
3: uh, well, yeah, because we we play them again fairly recently after that. So yeah, I yeah. uh lose twice.
0: From from a tactical perspective, last time you sat off us. Surely Conte presses from the front this time around.
3: Well, I don't know. We obviously we, we we've backed this um, trend of conceding first now which is good hopefully that doesn't come back um but yeah I mean, they they started quite positively the last two first halves so watch, more positive than the normal um they obviously still like that final ball when when Kusashi doesn't play but yeah you you'd hope so because especially with that recent trend because Arsenal obviously generally start quite quickly as well so
0: first 15 minutes and then we kind of settle
3: yeah which is like pretty much the opposite to how Spurs play um, so yeah you, you, you'd you like to think getting that first goal is a, a cliche but getting the first goal is going to be crucial for not Spurs. usually a London derby <laughs> yeah essentially but um, yeah I think we're going to have to do that we're going to have to the midfield is going to be obviously tough that's why I think Bentico has to play because um, you're just going to outnumber us there so if it's whoever it is if it's like Skip and Hoiberg or if it's Basima or Saar possibly um, I think they'll get overrun to, I read that you're loaning Saar well, there's the talk of it. Hopefully not. Well, it depends. I would hope he I gets also a loan. See
0: account say he's dreaming of a Sarr and Benton midfield.
3: Well, yeah, he has He has looked really good when he's come on. Um, but, yeah, I mean, if he gets loaned, then hopefully only if that's like Conte's not going to pay him again. But I think he's probably gone above skip now and he's probably, uh, and Basima's not been great since he joined. He probably is for a choice at the moment. So, yeah, we'll <laughs> yeah. see.
0: There must be something in the analytics because the last couple of games, West Ham did it, Brighton did it. There must be something in the success rate of pressing us from the front because there was a phase earlier in the season. and I think I spoke about it on here that Man City and Liverpool previously were both given that respect where teams almost say it's not worth us pressing you. And so a team that wants to play out from the back does actually get this extra grace period because the teams are so fearful of what can happen if they do just take a slight step wrong. In the first games back, I don't know if something's shown up because teams have tried it more than they did earlier in the season. I don't know if there's a particular player there. I know when um, Tomiyasu came on in the Brighton game, they pressed the hell out of him that every time he got the ball and the same happened in the West Ham game. So maybe it's just him. But that would definitely be what I would imagine if I was game planning for Spurs, where the success is going to be, you you don't want us being any kind of rhythm really. And you look at Ramsdale, you look at Gabriel, the players who are fantastic, but you certainly can pressure them. And so I would assume if Richarlison's fit, then maybe he would come in for that exact reason. Hopefully we don't get any dodgy bookings. Um, Do FA Cup bookings, but they carry over into the league? No, I don't think don't so. Know. Okay, so uh, thankfully that's not the case, but we don't want anyone out for United either. So um, there's that. TK, last couple of questions here. Aspers Did you see enough from them in the second half against Palace that you would have to make a decision on playing Zinchenko or Tierney if fit? Or is it as simple as Arsenal play better when Zinchenko's in there?
2: They do. He can be got up just a little bit, can't he? Yeah. Um... Defensively yeah, sure. Yeah, that's it. Um what is in his fitness state at this point? Is or is that just a silly question?
0: He now one's overdue. He's not been injured this season. The the reduced game time means he has actually him. been fit. He's either been I think there was a point in, in this mid season break where he was nursing an injury, but other than that, he's been on the bench or starting almost every game.
2: So yeah, it's I would go personally with Zinchenko and take it to Spurs. But, um, yeah, but I I can see that is a decision. Um, I thought some of the stuff we were saying Zinchenko defensively was a bit overstated. I can't remember who I watched you yeah. against. And I was thinking, oh, yeah, that is a bit of a problem now.
0: So. It was the, uh, I believe it was the United game. Mm-hmm. It I was think- early at the start of the game. After that, he was yeah, fine. He just started picking it up in pre- pockets, don't they? Behind, just <laughs> behind every game, essentially, they there's a diagonal ball over the top of him because he comes in so centrally. Mm-hmm. That is the ball, but you just have to hope that Saliba gets his rust out before then, because at the moment, I can quite vividly picture him taking out Kane for him. <laughs>
3: <laughs> but then uh, I guess it, it's maybe decision made because it's Son that's going up against them rather than rather than you know potentially Kulisewski and Son is. Alright, he's got the goal, but obviously he's a shadow of the player he was before, so you're obviously, probably not work. you're not as worried about him as, as you might do. And obviously you would have White on um on safety side, wouldn't you? As well, I got that right, is that the right way around? Ben White's right back. Yeah, so no. Yeah Son would Son would be up against yeah. Ben White, surely normally. Oh uh, no, Chelsea yeah. So actually, against... yeah, ignore, I've got that the wrong way around. Okay. So actually, yeah, then potentially would be worried if yeah. it's um Zinchenko going up against Kierusevsky.
0: Last two questions before we got on to the NFL. Has Arteta's touchline behaviour been too much or have we has a bit too much been made of that this week? In a league that has Pep, Conte, Klopp and plenty of others, is Arteta that much of an outlier?
2: It's weirdly, um, I didn't realise Richard Keyes was still enough to like move the news cycle, but he said... C- clearly seems to have uh, got this thing going and some people have jumped off. <laughs> weird. Uh, it's a weird thing, isn't it? Where it's almost like because of their CVs, the other guys seem like they're allowed to do it and our terrorism, which isn't really how it should work, is it? You're all either allowed to or you're not.
0: Pep booted that bottle at a fan <laughs> like a week ago.
2: <laughs> His scramble to apologize was hilarious.
0: For all of the Richard Keyes stuff and and I mean I like to defend the man the best I can. He is a it's a tough mm. job. I is he's not the first person to do it. I despise the whole thing of quoting someone while questioning their relevancy and has anyone heard from them lately while you're quoting them. Yeah. Him saying, Is he still knocking about, yeah. is he? I mean, you're literally quoting the bloke. So
2: <laughs> I mean he, you've got to forgive him to be fair, because he's got only a couple of brain cells Let's bless him.
0: Yeah, he was alongside that Alex Crook, and I can't think who else it was alongside him, but a rough, rough bunch on there, talk sport. And, and then Sean, how do you think Spurs season has actually been so far? Because it seems it's either a great success or a disaster at any one moment. It's never anything in between when you reflect on how people are feeling.
3: Yeah, it, it, it is strange to to think about because they actually had the best, was the best start to a Prem season ever. Yeah that they had which is really weird to think about and then obviously not sustainable yeah yeah. and then results no not results I mean performances weren't great but they obviously get in the results for those last minute comebacks last minute draws so then finish with a break in fourth which is probably what you'd be, be expecting or happy with and then the first couple of games back weren't be good, weren't good, and then and then you beat Palace four 0 So it is that it's hard to describe. I wouldn't yeah. use the word success, but I obviously wouldn't say it's a disaster either. I think the next few, uh, next couple of months are going to decide that because within the next few weeks, the season, you know, season could be could be over. We could lose to Milan in Champions League. We yeah. could be out of the FA Cup, and then you know, top four looks a struggle. The, the good thing about fourth is that. Obviously Chelsea are, are struggling. You got Newcastle <laughs> the, there I'd be not the sure. The beauty about. of
2: this season is like everyone's just miserable outside of like Arsenal,
3: Newcastle, maybe Brighton. You like go down the timeline and everyone's having a crisis, it seems, every other game. I'm not the obviously first but I've, seen, I've seen some people say it, but and I don't know if this is like again like lazy, but is it similar to that Leicester season? Where like everyone is struggling, other than possibly two teams, and one of the teams ends up finishing third?
0: which two teams were good in the Leicester season. I just need to be clear here.
3: So Leicester and Spurs, but then obviously Spurs did end up finish third. I do clarify that.
0: I mean, I don't want to take credit for losing a title race. I'm happy to. (laughs) There were not levels between Spurs and Arsenal in that season. We were top of the league longer than Spurs were in that season, as Sean usually reminds me when we come out with the three-horse race. You were, you were. Right, we were never top. So it was so it wasn't only two teams, was it?
3: Yeah, but I mean one okay, one team that is definitely at the top and then you've got one that's fairly close. I prefer
2: the uh I prefer the idea that this current Arsenal team is being compared to Leicester. That's phenomenal.
3: It was more about other teams struggling, <laughs> but,
0: but yeah. All right. Jack, unless you've got plenty to say about the NFL playoffs. No, I'm all good. We'll bid City you levels. farewell and I'm sure we'll hear from you next week, hopefully after another Chelsea loss, but <laughs> um, nasty, nasty. Look, man. I've got I trust Graham Potter.
2: Unfortunately you don't.
1: Yeah, you would if he keep yielding these results. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Byron just keeps saying back the project and Chelsea in the relegations zone yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah whilst behind the doors like putting his hands together and chuckling <laughs> to himself well,
0: I think you've just got to look at what's happened with Arteta in,
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah you always kept the faith why can't
0: I exactly alright adios TK Sean last night the Seahawks locked in the final playoff spot via a Green Bay Packers loss um, I think we've made it clear previously to me and TK Packers fans this isn't the week we're gonna go through that. I think there's a greater conversation to be had about Rogers and everything else mm. there, but this is not the time. This is the time to talk about the teams in the playoffs. We now have six fixtures this weekend to get things rolling. Sean, I heard it described last night as the best weekend in sports. What do you think?
3: <sighs> it's a big one. You could you could put it up there. I swear is there another one? I swear there's another one though where there's like a there's like the Masters and then there's a rugby event as well. I feel that always gets comes up every year. Yeah, it's a Grand Prix thrown in as well. Like that. And a Grand yeah. Prix thrown in as well, yeah. Yeah.
0: Is it FA Cup semis? I feel like there's some football that weekend as well. Hmm.
3: Maybe it's that, yeah. There's no. Uh, Best weekend for football.
0: First days of March Madness, uh, no comparison there. We'll go through game by game. I'll ask you at the end kind of your predictions for further down the line but we'll go through each game in a bit more detail start with your boys the San Francisco 49ers who will host the Seahawks who they've already beaten twice this season they have been looking in opposite directions over the past couple of months the 49ers have the longest current win streak at 10 games on the flip side the Seahawks have gone on a three and five win three and five streak since week 10 but they have won their last two contests to gain some momentum. Geno Smith, TK, this is a good place to start. He's put together a season that's got him in the comeback player of the year consideration, but he has struggled against the 49ers' defense. I think he's thrown for just one touchdown and an interception across two games. The Seahawks have the 30th ranked run defense, San Francisco have the ninth-ranked ground attack. Is the difference here going to be the impact levels between Geno Smith, Christian McCaffrey, in terms of what both teams want to do?
2: Yeah, I think look, I think the Niners are just better all around. Geno Smith's been a great story, and he's actually really fun to watch. I have seeing some of them yesterday. Because like, he'll just sling the ball up, and sometimes it's going to be an unbelievable throw and other times it's going to be like three picks Um, against the Niners. I think ultimately that's probably going to get you unstuck. And the Niners do look like they're cooking. McCaffrey's obviously been brilliant. Brock Purdy's been seamless. So Sean's probably going to make the case that it won't be easy, but uh, I think (laughs) it'll be uh, relatively seamless. I think it's at least a fun matchup though. Whereas if the Niners had someone like, I think if the Niners had the Giants, It'd be this is just almost a depressing watch. I think Seattle hopefully can at least be a bit fun, if nothing else.
0: There's a reason they've put this game up first, you're saying. <laughs> Sean, Brock Purdy has played well. He's thrown for at least two touchdowns now in six consecutive games. Is it the case where in your last playoff run, it was essentially you wanted Jimmy G to be doing as little as possible? This time around, do you think there's confidence in Purdy or is it still a similar situation?
3: I think there's definitely, well, from my perspective, but I also think from the outside perspective of coaches, there's definitely more confidence at the moment because of the streak and the run. Like last year, we limped into the playoffs, had to, had to win every of the last games, just about beat the Rams to get to the playoffs. Um, and you're always worried about Jimmy G, Like a big thing... Like you've touched on, he's thrown a lot of touchdowns in the end zone to Kittle mainly, but some other players, which I don't think Jimmy G would do, or I'd, I'd be worried thinking an interception's coming here. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I think he's definitely got the confidence. The, the tricky thing is, as everyone said, because he's a rookie, obviously playoffs is different. I know he's played Seattle twice and obviously we've, we've won twice. He didn't play in the first game, but has, has beat them twice. Um but there's always that thing of like, it's hard to beat a team three times of the season. That's the <laughs> thing I've come to, TK. Uh, but uh, but yeah, I think there's definitely more confidence. And then I think it's not all just because of Purdy, because McCaffrey coming in obviously has ch- kind of changed the season as well and opens up the offense a lot more. But he can make deeper throws and can make tighter throws. And I think Jimmy G either can or wouldn't try to.
0: Well, as I said, it's, it's, it's the 30th ranked run defense in the league.
3: So, so, yeah, I think he's just going to throw when he needs to throw. Um, obviously, because you have to keep them honest. But once, I think, if the Niners take a lead, then they'll, they'll use a run to two Clock a lot more. And then, yeah, like I said, I am confident we realistically should be beating them.
0: So is anyone picking against 49ers here, just to be
2: clear? No, no, no. 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 Is it within 10 points, TK? Mm, I think around that mark. I think it would be around that mark. Um I think it'll be a better game than for what it's worth than the Packers would have put up. I don't think it would have been a fun watch that.
3: I think it'll be close because it's a divisional like rival game. I think that will make it a bit closer.
0: I'll I'll put it on the record as I said as much to TK this morning, Sean. I had convinced myself that we would be in the 49ers. <laughs>
3: <laughs> but they um... own Rodgers. If you play Jordan Love, you might have had a chance. <laughs>
0: It was largely on this narrative was going to be the thing and then <laughs> I thought the talk was going to be about him sunning Purdy, but I didn't watch last night. I'm very fortunate for that. I mean, it sounds to me like that may not have even been the case if it was just a straight quarterback for quarterback. <laughs> tussle, but.
3: It's a bad look that the uh, the Lions already knew they were out before they even played that game. But
2: still. Well, they interviewed Dan Cumber.
3: He's like, well, I we're li- just making sure they're not getting there. <laughs> that is
2: vindictive. <laughs> A little, a little something on that is, I don't know
0: if you were still awake, Sean. They were showing the end of the Seahawks game at Lambeau Field. Mm. Oh, right. And so when the Seahawks missed that kick, there was all the reaction in the stadium with the Lions fans in there. And then again, they continued to show it. And then the Seahawks obviously get the win. All of Lambeau Field celebrating. They're now against a team that has nothing to play for. And then as TK said, they very swiftly reminded that they did have something to play for.
2: For I
0: know (laughs) it's come out at least three players I did have the list were short distances away from completing their bonuses for yards caught and yards carried and all of these things. And so there was that on there. And a lot of teams just don't like Green Bay and they don't like Aaron Rodgers, so... (laughs) I don't think it takes too much motivation to need to go out there and stop them. Unfortunately for us, did get my day off to a bad start. Checking flash scores at five thirty a.m. <laughs> I went to sleep at uh, three nothing and thought oh, that'd be nice. <laughs> and I kind of like I was looking at it squinted and I was trying to purposely look at the Packers score first to try and in, in that half second make out. Would that have been enough? And then Myers went straight to the team in bold, and I thought, for fuck's sake! <laughs> game two. Then we have in the AFC the number four seeded Jacksonville Jaguars against the five Los Angeles Chargers. Big game here. Trevor Lawrence versus Justin Herbert. The Jags are coming into this. They've won six of their last seven contests, and they've won in various different ways. Trevor Lawrence has a few outings with 300-plus passing yards, three or more touchdown throws. Travis Etienne Jr. has put up a couple of 100-plus-yard rushing performances. The defense has held strong. I think 7.3 points is the average that their last three last three opponents have scored. The Jags have come a long way. They've gone from being one of the most pathetic teams in the NFL, <laughs> perennially sent to London just to try and gain a few fans, and they're now one of the most interesting teams in the playoff picture. TK, Trevor Lawrence, up against the sixth best pass in defense in the NFL here, he's going to have to up his game. He's thrown for just one touchdown and interception with one rushing score in the last three weeks. Sean referenced it before. Players are ultimately judged with how they perform in the postseason. How do we expect him to do?
2: Yeah, it's true, but it's been seen as a big year for him this year, and he has sort of shown why he was that overwhelming number one choice. And I think last year people were maybe starting to question it and now I think people feel a lot more comfortable with him. He's shown at least a sign of what he can do. So him versus Herbert is a fun battle, if nothing else, for you the know, future vying for going to be the top quarterback, you would think. Um, this is a tough game to call. I think this is probably the hardest one I've had to call across them. I don't know about you, you boys, but that's... I'm really looking forward to this. I was yeah, I was really on the fence, I feel like the Jags have got the form, but it's just whether you're back him against yeah, that defense can turn it on for the Chargers. But I don't I don't know, there's something about that team I just don't trust. They can You're a good you're a good man to ask here, Sean. Um the fact the
0: Chargers have the twenty seventh best run defense, maybe they can take the pressure off Lawrence's shoulders and Sien carries the load. But then how much of a difference does a possible Joey Bosa return make?
3: Yeah, I mean, that could be massive. But they did have... Because they played played like a full strength team and they had some injuries. I think Mike Williams is out. And then, obviously, Bosa's been struggling. They had some other starters leave. So, Bosa will be huge. Um, Obviously, he's the second best in his family. But (laughs) the best best for their team. Um, I think it could be big and... There's kind of, it's equal on both sides because I think the Jags, i remember seeing the Jags pass rush is like one of the worst as well. So you'd think Herbert's probably going to get a lot of time. So Weird. it's which one of those has the most effect. But like I said, it is, it is a really interesting game, but good to look. It makes me think, I don't know about you, but well, actually it might be different because you, you've had Rogers he's on the decline, but it does make me think I'm glad that the team I support is in the NFC when you've got, like all the best quarterbacks are in mm. the AFC, like Lawrence, Mahomes, Allen, Lamar borough um but yeah i'll be it's going to be a good game i think if this one's going to be really close i think it might go over yeah. time
0: you've uh, read my notes the jags have the 27th best pass defense all oh, right so yeah. theoretically speaking tk herbert should have an easier ride do you expect him to be the difference maker here i don't know who you're picking
2: yeah the the thing is the way justin herbert is talked about he's put in the mahomes allen borough conversation and I do think you have to have a big playoff game to really show that I've I'm going with the fact that he will and that's going to just about to it I agree with Sean I think it'll be close I could see it being a walk-off kick winning it um, I'm just going with him and I don't know if I'm going to regret it probably as soon as we finish recording this but I'll go with them I'm also going
0: to go with the charges but Barely, and it is literally just from seeing those figures in front of me. The Jags won thirty-eight ten 10 when the same matchup was played in week 10. Sean, are you rolling
3: with them? It just feels weird picking the Jags, doesn't it? You just almost I think that always hard, think that they're yeah. the worst. The name. Yeah, you always think they're the worst team. Not that the Chargers have done much since we've been following it either, but you just know the Jags are totally bad. I- <sighs> Because of the injuries, I might go Jags. I might go Jags. And then obviously they've got Doug Peterson who won the Super Bowl with Nick Foles. So maybe the coaching element puts them above as well. I'll I'll just go Jags.
0: Okay, now first game on Sunday in the AFC, we got the Bills up against the Dolphins. This is their third time meeting in 2022. 1-1 currently across the season, Sean. How much is this simply coming down to whether Tua can play? Because if he doesn't pass the concussion protocol, he's missed the last two games, this could get messy.
3: Yeah, I think a lot of it does come down to that where it's close. I think I'm going with the I'm going for the Bills either way, but if he doesn't play then this is almost like not worth watching in the sense that they're just the Bills are gonna blow through them. You do also think, because of obviously what, what happened, you feel like the Bills have got this massive momentum behind them now and it's going to be, it's going to struggle, especially as they're playing at home. It's going to be a struggle for Miami to get anything going. So, yeah. But if two is there, then it does get a bit interesting, maybe. Did you see
0: Josh Allen's post-game interview yesterday? He was feeling my yeah. energy. Yeah, agreed. Yeah.
3: And like crazy how the, when the game started with that kickoff return for for a touchdown.
0: Mm. Now, in in his place, TK, the Dolphins would be rolling out rookie seventh rounder Skylar Thompson who led them in an 11-6 victory over the Jets to clinch a playoff berth or Teddy Bridgewater who missed Sunday's contest because of a dislocated right pinky finger. <laughs> this quarterback situation is not a recipe for a result. Um, as Sean said the Bills are bringing a little extra something moving forward and then they've just played the fifth-ranked
2: defense and put 35 points on them. Yeah. And I didn't even think the Bills were particularly cooking in that one. I know there's a lot of emotion there. Right? you got to think two touchdowns from a kickback, <laughs> from the kickoff. They've done it twice <laughs> in one game. That's uh, unsustainable as someone might say. Um, the the thing with the Miami quarterback is this: that's just a choice whether this is a uh, Maybe an interesting closer, but a Bills win to a full-on route. If Thompson plays, my word, I mean, watching him against the Jets, even just on the red zone, it's painful just seeing the clips from that game. Just nobody can make a pass. Joe Flacco couldn't make anything, and obviously he couldn't either. If he's playing against the Bills, it's going to get messy. Um, you're picking the Bills either way, but hopefully Tua can play to at least give us something.
0: I hope Tua can play as a long-time Tua defender. Five years today that he was brought off the bench in overtime from memory to replace uh, Jalen Hurts to win a national title for Alabama. Obviously, the talent is there. They've stacked the team to try and get them in this position this year. And it could all be for nothing if... uh, I mean, it could all be for nothing regardless. I was
2: but- glad they made it to the players. It felt like they deserved to be in the playoffs this year. Then, and Tua, I thought were pretty deserving of being there. And they obviously only just about scraped in, partly because Tua's missed these games. Yeah. But I say, at least, like they're to have an honest crack at it. <laughs> I say, I'm happy for them to be there. They're probably going to get smashed all over the place by the Bills. So <laughs> it's probably not going to be that happy for yeah. them, but still.
0: No. So we're all picking the Bills in this mm. instance. Yes second game on Sunday Vikings against the Giants the glamour tie. could be the best game could be the best game of the day for all the wrong reasons Pretend, 13, yeah a 13 and four record and an NFC north title for the Vikings and yet they still look shaky going into the playoffs <laughs> last week they went down in history as the first 12 win team with a negative point differential that's incredible. <laughs> Something that does point to this being a good game is that the Vikings just don't blow anyone out. Before week 18, they hadn't won by more than eight points since their week one win over the Packers. The downside is when they do lose, they lose. <laughs> All four of their losses have been by a minimum of 11 points, two of them by over 24. <sighs> the
3: thing- Sean. Yeah, gone.
0: I'll go to you for. The, can we trust Kurt Cousins? No,
3: <laughs> you you just can't. <laughs> and that, it, like their their record is, it's just mental, isn't it? Like their record in like close games as well was something ridiculous, like thirty now at one. And that was being used to praise um, them earlier in the year, and now you're looking. Uh, at it yeah, yeah, year. but this really is isn't sustainable. <laughs> uh, so. No, I don't think you can trust them. The only thing that I'm thinking of is that this is the matchup that I've seen so many people say everyone's going the Giants or the underdog. Everyone's going for them, which makes me think that that's not going to hit and Vikings are going to somehow squeak through. I don't trust
2: Cousins. I don't trust the Vikings, but I don't trust the Giants even more. Yeah, I don't trust either of them. They are.
0: You referenced injuries earlier, Sean. There are multiple injuries for Minnesota across their O-line. Brian O'Neill, Austin Schlotman, and Garrett Bradbury. Several of them have missed several games. I think Bradbury hasn't played since week 13. Because of the issues they have there, that limits the effectiveness of Dalvin Cook. And even though the Giants are so bad with their run defense, this could even things out. The Vikings may have to rely heavily on their defense, which doesn't bode well for them with the 31st ranked scoring unit. It's essentially, how well can the Giants do? Are the Giants good? Is maybe a good question to just ask you, TK.
2: I have spent an entire season not really believing in the Giants, and yet here they are. So maybe it's me that needs to review it, but I, I don't think they're good. I don't think Daniel Jones is good. Um, and so this game is one of the closer ones, but probably not for good reason but I'll, I'll go with the Vikings on this because, I, like I said, I don't trust the Giants. And I think Minnesota, early in the season, I did think legitimately looked good, but you thought, come the playoff time, I probably won't trust Kirk Cousins. Turns out we would, we <laughs> skipped to that a few weeks ago. We have already basically in playoff Kirk Cousins mode where it all just goes into meltdown. Well,
0: Daniel Jones has completed at least 71% of his passes in his last two starts. On top of that, You've got Saquon Barkley, who can just do what he does. One hundred thirty-eight point seven yards is uh, the what the Giants' defense has conceded over the last six weeks, yes. an average. Sorry, over the last six that weeks, that would be impressive. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, got my stats bumbled up there. Ah, oh, I'm going to pick the Giants. I'm picking the upset here. And it's largely just based on the injuries for the Vikings, and just I think it's just it's just going to be kept close. And I don't know, maybe someone different can do something this year. Maybe there's less trauma
3: on these legs. I I, I don't know. I I think the Giants come good here. I think I'll, yeah, I think I'll go Giants as well. And then part of it is because I think. As much as we don't trust either quarterback, I think Daniel Jones will play more within the coaching. Whereas you can see, close game, Kirk Cousins decides to think he's more than he actually is, and he throws a pick that costs him the game. Gotta
2: admire his sort of delusion uh, from
3: Kirk, though, because
2: however many times he sees it, he just carries on going with,
3: I'll (laughs) trust myself. I'll I'll go, Giants. All right,
0: two more games. The last game on Sunday, the big boys will be staying up for that. I question whether Sean would want them. The three-seed in the AFC, the Cincinnati Bengals, up against the six-seed Baltimore Ravens. Similar to the Dolphins game here in that so much of this could come down to whether Lamar Jackson is able to suit up for the matchup. I He's missed the last two weeks with um, various different injuries he's got down. What do we think here? Sprained PCL, I think, was the one that kept him out. Without Lamar Jackson, do they have any chance against the Bengals? With Lamar Jackson, did they have any chance against the Bengals?
3: I, I, yeah, I think either way they're losing, but definitely not without Lamar. And even if Lamar's in, like it's going to be rusty if he's been off two weeks of injury. And he's straight into a playoff game at the Bengals. Like, I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't think they got a chance.
2: Not really question a QB that can nurse an injury in a game like this either, really they're going to be reliant on him mm-hmm. running it.
0: Question for you, TK. Um, would it be better for Lamar's legacy if he didn't play here? He's what, one and three in the playoffs at the moment? And that is a stick that's used to beat him with.
2: Yeah, you're probably right. And I think judging by how they've looked about him as well, the Bengals could do a job on them. And so if they get smashed without him suddenly it's become oh well Lamar's propping this team up actually he's the difference maker whereas throwing yourself in half fit people will over time forget that you were half fit and will just attribute this loss to you um so yeah it, it probably is and you don't like to say it because you want to see him play and you'd like a good game but it probably is better for him not to play
0: we, we did literally see this game yesterday 27-16 <laughs> the Bengals won um, avoided there being a coin toss to determine who was going to be home in the Bengals-Bills game. I, I, I This one looks rough. I can't see past the Bengals here with just everything on paper. I don't think this is a team you want to come back in with. I think it, it could just be as simple as that.
2: Could. It is a, it is a shame. shame Lamar isn't fully fit. I think he at least just gives you an X factor that means you think as much as the Bengals would be favourites anyway, I think you'd have at least have something you could hang your hat on to go. This should be fun. They could cause them a problem, or if he's not, yeah, it's tough to make a case.
0: Without him, they've not put up any more than seventeen points in a single game.
2: Mm. I was making the case that uh, the backup QB for them should be given a chance somewhere as well. So that's not not done my they, argument too much. They, ha-
0: they had. Anthony Brown in for yesterday's game where they lost 27-16. Um the Ravens will have a choice whether they go with him or whether they go with uh Tyler Huntley but he's missed the last 3 weeks I believe. So I guess you've you, not necessarily the hot hand but
2: you have to stick with the the warm hand maybe. <laughs> that was it. it well like Huntley was always like he was a good like Lamar light. He could do some of the stuff Lamar could do and could fill in, but if they don't have him then, yeah, it's, it's not fun.
0: And then finally, Monday night's game, another one that, that, Sean, I hope you'll be staying up for this one. In the NFC, the four-seed Tampa Bay Buccaneers <laughs> against the five-seed Dallas Cowboys. Is this the best tie of the round?
3: Probably, yeah. For storyline, why wise. it's got that Monday villain? That's probably why I've got the Monday villain. Yeah, you're right.
0: Now, you mentioned it yesterday, TK. Dak Prescott has thrown an alarming amount of interceptions since Thanksgiving. He's turned the ball over 11 times through the air over the past seven weeks. Now, the Bucks are in the bottom third of all teams for their scoring offense, but surely you just can't give Tom Brady any more time under centre than you really have to. And if Dak's going to keep giving him extra goes, that man is going to punish you eventually.
2: Yeah, and they'll certainly have to play better than they did uh, this weekend just gone. They were horrible. Um, but then all logic says, look, the are just a better, more complete all-round team than the Bucks the Bucks haven't looked good they just kind of found themselves here as a few sort of NFC teams have but I look I can't back the Cowboys against Tom Brady I can't I can't <laughs> the two the two entities are just so everything that can go right for someone will go right for Tom Brady Anything can go wrong for someone will go wrong for the Cowboys uh,
0: Sean um Brady's passing yards and his touchdown totals have dipped from his last two years in Tampa Bay, yet going into week 18, he was still ranked second across the league in yards. He has five game-winning drives, which is tied for second in the NFL. In week 17 against the Panthers, he he clicked with his top wide receivers. Also, that was what all the noise was both Evans and Godwin racked up 120 plus receiving yards each. And I think the noise coming out after that game was essentially this is what Brady's going to do in a playoff situation. He's just going to be able to turn things around. He's going to flick the switch. Was that a freak? Is this something that Brady has been playing with maybe more chill knowing that this is the time to turn it on? Or I don't know how you see it going.
3: Yeah, I don't know. Well, The way I see it going is that the Cowboys lose this more than the Bucks do. <laughs> yeah, Dak throws the picks, but then the storyline like he'll give Brady a short field. That's never Brady happened with Brady before. Definite, yeah, and it'll be that Brady's done it again. He's turned it on and he's won. And I imagine, even though it's at Dallas, I could see the Bucks getting calls. I, I I do feel like the Bucks are going to win this game, um, because yeah, you just can't, especially. Because, like you said, obviously Cowboys look great when they beat the Eagles well, a few weeks ago. Um, and if they played the Eagles, I think it was again, be a really close match. But I just think, against how bad they looked last week, I think the Bucks will, will do them. So, I think it's a close one. But, yeah, I reckon Dak throws too many picks and, and Brady wins. Do, do they let the ball
0: be in Dak's hands any more than they need to? You would think the... the smoothest path to victory here would be to put the ball in the hands of either Zeke or Tony Pollard against a Bucks defense which I think is 17th in yards per carry defense. Is it? Is it that simple? Yeah, it Look, should be. Take Dak
2: out of this equation, run the ball. It should be, but yeah. they just have the, they've paid that, that money, so it's almost like they go, right, well, you've got to throw a certain amount. No, you're maybe the best running team <laughs> in the league. Do what you're supposed to do. And
0: there's maybe a danger there in when you do run the ball and when you can run the ball as well as they can. You would often say, and the, the big thing with Green Bay this year was supposed to be that that actually opens up the field further away in that they aren't expecting this, there's more space for you. Is Dak maybe going to get ideas above his station? Are they going to trust him in that situation? Or should it be maybe not to the same extent or the way the, pack, uh, the way the Packers were beaten by the 49ers last year, as we've mentioned already, just don't
2: make Jimmy G do anything more than he has to. They, they should... You should view and treat Dak like he's Jimmy G or Kirk Cousins if you want to be slightly nicer. But for whatever reason, he thinks he's a bit better than that. The Cowboys think he's a bit better than that. And as a result, you've got this weird conundrum where the Niners strength is that they know their identity as a team and the Cowboys still don't really seem to have worked out that they're a running team first and foremost. The other thing is it should be simple on the other end for them in that Tampa can't run the ball for shit. You know, you said about Brady's numbers but a large part of the number of yards and receptions he's got is because they can't run the ball for shit. So he's having to. So in theory you should go right we don't have to worry about your own game. Brady's not quite as good. This isn't as good a Bucks team. We should be able to do something with them on the defensive end as well. Certainly if uh Cowboys are the defensive team, and some of the players that we're told they've got, this is the time for them to step up. It's just in the moment, you just don't bat them to do it against Tom Brady.
0: So who are you taking? If I put if you
2: take if I take your pick on the record, I'm going with the Buccaneers. And it feels like an illogical decision. One team's clearly better than the other, but I'm not going against Brady against these.
0: Sean what about you? Uh, I'm going for the bucks. I don't really want to make it three going <laughs> three going for the bucks but you can't trust the boys. It's it's an indictment on Dak it really is. And I think Brady's just conditioned us to do this. It's trauma. Yeah. I'll go with the bucks. I don't feel good about it but yeah, I'll, I'll roll with the pair of you at least uh, if I'm wrong. You both are as well. Nice, that's the spirit. Um, and then just in closing today, we'll go through the NFL playoffs as as it happens each week. Just to take it on the record, uh, TK,
2: who wins the Super Bowl for you this year? All right. Well, look, check the tapes. Start of the season, I said that the Chiefs and the Niners run it back. Every fibre of my being says, don't go away from that. But, I'm rolling with the Bengals. The Bengals beat the Niners in the Super Bowl.
3: Sean? I think TK's initial prediction is going to happen. I can see it being Niners-Chiefs, which I would hate to watch. (laughs) It's going to be horrible for me to watch that again. And I would sadly think the Chiefs would beat the Niners again in the Super Bowl (laughs) I think that is going to happen sadly I would love the Niners to win I think that's going to be the matchup I'd actually bat them against any other team other than the Chiefs but I think that's what's going to happen
0: you're disrespecting those Eagles
2: yeah we'll beat the Eagles here's here's something for you I mean Tampa Bay against the Eagles you'd be worried against Brady against the Eagles even you, I'm going to be going he can't keep getting away with this he could roll them as well <laughs> yeah
3: the only the good thing about that is I was worried for ages about uh, Brady playing Jimmy G in the playoffs Oh God. which avoided at least Jimmy G hopefully wouldn't be playing so there's not that element but yeah still worried
0: Josh Allen picks up the Super Bowl this year who against I kind of feel like I need to go with the Eagles after I've just called yeah. them both out <laughs> <Yeah>. disrespecting them. <laughs> yeah, well, that's what we're gonna go with. We're gonna go with the Bills, Eagles. I do think the Eagles
2: are being disrespected a bit. In fairness, the people do seem to think yeah. I think they're better than that, but I just think, I think uh, the Niners are that good.
0: And it's blue Gatorade.
2: <laughs> Who's the halftime show this year? Do we know?
0: someone good from memory not
2: proud that <laughs> one leg of my bet is it Rihanna one leg of my bet last year was for Eminem to come up with blonde hair if you wanted an idea of the ridiculousness of the bet is it Rihanna this year you might be right Rihanna
3: it is yeah it is Rihanna oh. there you go
0: that will Shoes be big. in there alright well I think that brings us to the end of proceedings Thank you again for listening to another edition of the Spitballing Pod. We'll be back next week. Uh, I'm sure we'll have some North London derby coverage as well as maybe another Liverpool loss, maybe another Chelsea loss. Um,
1: (laughs) Could be groundhog day. We'll see how we go. Thanks for listening.
0: Adios.